Last week I had a really fun time with our presiding bishop, Michael Curry. We were interviewing him here at St. Michael as part of his virtual book tour for a new book that he's written, Love is the Way, and it was a good time. If you all haven't seen that, then I commend it to you. It's on our website. It's a relatively brief, only about 40-minute interview, and he talks a lot about the stories that he wrote in this book, and I will tell you that this book is one of those books that may not necessarily make your head explode, but it does warm your heart. And right now, when I read it, with everything going on in our world, it was a real comfort. It really reminded me of hopefulness and reminded me of the power of love. And his conversation did just that. And talking about the way of love is very apropos to today's gospel lesson, where Jesus gives us that most famous of teachings. And as I was beginning to think about today's gospel lesson, I remembered a quote from Bishop Curry's book that really kind of stuck with me and I think makes a lot of sense for us. In his book, he writes, human beings are the fragile, beautiful, heartbreaking conduits of love, not the source. Today in our gospel lesson, Jesus is tasked with trying to give his opinion of the greatest commandment. Now, we know Jesus' story. Jesus is teaching and healing and drawing too much attention, and the people who are there with authority and power don't like losing any of their authority and power. And so they come to challenge Jesus. They try to set a trap to get him in trouble. And they say, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is something that we can all likely quote. We know this down deep inside our bones. This is something that we often find quite comforting, potentially a little challenging. But love your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, there are two ideas here, right? Jesus starts with loving God. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. We like that part. We like the idea of loving God. That's actually kind of good. That's comforting. It's a safe place to land. And we like to talk about loving God. Christians have for centuries talked about this relationship with God. And I think that's a really nice way to articulate love. God loves us, we reciprocate love. That's good, that makes sense. We often focus on that piece of Jesus' teaching because it's a little easier to talk about individual relationships. My relationship, your relationship, our relationships individually with God. That's kind of a safe thing to do. We can even encourage each other in our relationships with God, encourage each other in worship and showing up and doing good things, and maybe if we are actually in some kind of relationship with the other people, then we can step to the second part of Jesus's gospel teaching. But as we step to the second part, it becomes a little bit more sensitive because, you know, we're really okay with loving your neighbor as yourself when we say that our neighbor is somehow in need right? We typically say, love God, great, go to church and worship and pray and that sort of stuff. Then love your neighbor as yourself. And that often lands with some kind of helping people in need. 
a missional identity, something that looks like service or outreach. We want to go love our neighbors like those who are hungry, we give them food. Those who are naked, we give them clothing. Those who are hurting, we visit. How often, though, does love your neighbor as yourself come into play in our closest relationships, in those relationships in our family, in those relationships with our deep, closest friends? You see, when we start to relate to other people in that loving way, that encourages and challenges, then we begin to get a little pushy, maybe a little impolite. And here's what I mean. I was raised to always be polite. And imagine if you sit in church next to a person for many, many weeks, maybe even years, and you say hello each morning, and then all of a sudden you don't see them one week, and then two weeks, and then three weeks. How many of you would call and find out why they have been missing church. Well, gosh, that kind of sounds rude, doesn't it? Because they probably have a good idea, a good reason, right? Something's likely going on that's important, and we don't want to be pushy. We don't want to actually challenge. And yet, if we don't check in with one another, if we don't call each other to a higher level of responsibility, if we don't question whether or not our love for one another is very real, and by real I mean rough and transparent and vulnerable, then are we actually living into that second part of Jesus' important lesson today? Jesus doesn't stop with love God and love your neighbors in need. Jesus talks about loving one another deeply, honestly, and with authenticity, that can be quite hard, but it's what we need. We need those kinds of relationships. We need those kinds of friendships that get below the surface, behind the mask, that crack us open to who we really are deep down. All the stuff that's messy that we don't like to show people, that we often don't even show those closest to us. And yet God wants us to have those kinds of relationships. God wants us to have those kinds of friendships in our lives. Friendships that I have learned to call holy friendships. Some of you may remember me talking about this in the past. The holy friendships in our lives that really go deep. They're not the ones that we do at parties. They're not the friends that we may have at school or at the workplace that are just simply nice. These are friends that will call us to attention, that will remind us of who we really want to be, not who we're being in the moment, who will invite us to live lives that are holy and lives that are whole. Those kinds of holy friendships are the ones that we really need and the ones that are kind of hard to find nowadays. I was talking with a friend weeks and weeks ago who had, in this pandemic, begun to volunteer in ways that he had never really done before. He began to work with Big Brothers Big Sisters, and he was loving it. And he was so excited about the work that he was doing that he thought multiple times about telling some of his friends. But every time he thought to tell his friends about this great work he was doing with Big Brothers and Big Sisters, he stopped. 
because he kind of felt like that would be bragging. He sort of felt like if he were to go to them and say, gosh, I am volunteering and I am doing such good work and it means so much to me that it would kind of sound like he was telling them they should too. Or perhaps telling them that if they weren't doing that, then they weren't kind of being all they could be, being the kind of people that they were supposed to be. And I stopped him and I said, no. If all you're doing is taking selfies in some nonprofit and posting it for likes, that's bad. But if you're genuinely relating to someone, if you are really digging deep and loving someone authentically, why wouldn't you tell people about that? Why wouldn't you encourage your friends, those people that you share your life with, to do that same kind of work? And maybe they feel bad for a moment that they're not out there doing things like that, but whatever. Because actually, that's the kind of holy friend we all need. People who won't let us just be whoever we are right now, but who call us up to be something better than that. And not out of judgment, out of love. Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the kinds of relationships that we talk about when we talk about a church community, a faith community, a group of holy friends. Today's the last Sunday in our discipleship series. And in this discipleship series, we really have focused a lot on our own personal discipleship, which is very important. But as we end this series, I invite you to now take the next step, to now go beyond yourself and your relationship with God, and to really put your discipleship into action, and not just in helping meet the needs of people who need in tangible ways, but helping meet the need of people in your life who need in those deep emotional and spiritual ways. We each need a lot more than we like to admit, and we can help meet the needs of those in our lives, even if they have trouble admitting those needs as well. You know, I like to say that people come in and out of church communities because of moments of crisis. Think about it. People come into church and out of church in moments of crisis. Now, sometimes those crisis moments can be good. Getting married, having a baby, getting a new job and moving to a new city, those are good crises, but they're crises. It's a lot of change happening all at once. Sometimes those crises are bad. You've lost a job. You've lost a loved one. You've received a bad diagnosis and on and on. And those crises can bring people in and also bring people out of church. The way in which we meet each other's needs is critically important not only to our own relationship with God, but the way that we as a community relate to God and to one another. When we have genuine, deep, holy friendships, then those crisis moments don't unmoor us, don't disconnect us, and instead they unite us and we go deeper in love with one another. If this sounds like something you have, then I'm glad. And if this sounds like something you don't have and you want, 
and you're invited here to invest more, more deeply, more often, to be present in ways here more deeply and more often because this community is a community where you can find your holy friends, where you can be authentic and genuine and actually love each other, not in those shiny, happy ways, but in all the very real ways that is life-giving. And here's the good news. We are fragile, beautiful, heartbreaking conduits of love, and we are not the source. God loves us first. God loves each and every one of us first, just as we are, beautifully, imperfectly made. And now we get to respond to God and respond to one another with that love. We get to be those beautiful conduits of God's perfect love. And when we show one another that kind of deep love, then love truly can change the world. One person, one friendship, one community at a time. So what is the most important commandment? Love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbor truly, deeply as yourself. Love is the way, the way to change the world. Amen.